lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin is here with me, as well as Aaron McIntyre. You are here, too. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can email the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. You can also look for us on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. And yes, every now and then, you may still see hashtag Facebook approved takes. When you see that, know that that is a lie. I do not actually believe that, but I'm just trying to slip it past the Facebook censors. You can also get clips of the show that are not censored via rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And again, the last name is D-E-A-C-E. If you are thinking of going through uh, the refi process right now, we recently did that, taking advantage of extremely low interest rates. We wanted to see if we could raise our score a little bit more to get an even lower interest rate. And you know where I went to get that help? Our friends over at ScoreMaster. And it makes a huge difference in the life of your 30-year home loan, raising your point, your, your points, even a few points can make a big difference. How about if you could raise them 60 points? That may save you thousands of dollars, and that's what the average ScoreMaster user can do in about three weeks by following the plan. But first, before you can follow the plan, you need to know the right information. The information lenders and banks often don't want to let you know exactly why you have the score that you have, And then what you can do to get the score that you want. And if you want to see if uh, you can get more points and how fast, it doesn't take cost anything to at least get that information. And it only takes minutes to enroll right now. If you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve, again, that's scoremaster.com slash Steve. Ask them about their 24-7 credit monitoring and their $1 million fraud insurance as well when you go to scoremaster.com slash steve all right coming up on the show today and and really today today is going to mark a bit of a turning point for us now and i i talked about this on the overtime friday as part of the best and worst of the week i, I had a moment with covid in my personal life last week i'll get into more detail about it later in the week when I have more news, but I got into an issue with, with COVID and restrictions and attempts to kill people and deny them early treatment in my personal life here in the last few days. And it really just kind of clarified something for me. And here's what it clarified. I went home to visit Amy's, uh, Amy and I went home to visit her parents the weekend It ended up being the weekend we launched the offensive in Afghanistan. And while we were there, I had a chance to meet up with an old high school friend of mine who had joined the Navy. And I had no idea that he had joined the Navy. I had no idea where he had been. He was on shore leave. He had just returned from doing several weeks of secret maneuvers and training with SEALs and other specialized soldiers getting ready for this offensive. And he was out in an undisclosed location on an aircraft carrier with a fleet as they were going through these drills. And he said something to me 
in this conversation I have never forgotten. He said, you know, Steve, I know a lot of Americans are afraid and everything right now about what we're up against. Let me tell you, I just spent a few weeks training with the best of the best we have. They scared me. Let me tell you who needs to be scared. The enemy over there needs to be scared of us. They have no idea what's about to hit them. We have been operating from a basis of fear. And when I say we, I'm including us. We, we have been operating from a basis of fear for too long. We have been reacting for too long. What if I lose my job? What if I get censored? What if I get kicked out? What if I get mocked? What if they won't let me on? What if they won't let me in? What if they won't let me off? What if they won't let me out? It is time now for us to show them that they need to be afraid of us. It is time for some dweebs to be reminded of the order of things. It is time for the law of the jungle to be reinforced. It is, it is time for the wayward clans of Canaan to be confronted. It is, it is time for people to be reminded, some people to be reminded, why they didn't say or try such things in past eras that they think they can get away with now on Twitter because before they would have gotten punched in the mouth for it. And it's time to remember the words of the great prophet Mike Tyson. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. The Marxists have had a plan here for the last 19 months. We have largely been reacting to it. We have even been successful at times, even while on the defensive and pushing back against it. You see it, for example, in the amount of fans that stormed the field in, in, in Iowa City and College Station and other places over the weekend. We have, we have still been successful pushing back against this while being on the defensive this entire time. Imagine, ladies and gentlemen, what kind of success would we have if we went on offense? It is time to bring COVID stand to its knees. And I am the ugly American. I love the convenience and the largesse and the comfort of Americana. I'm fine with sacrificing all of that and making it all go away. I'm fine with it's not just toilet paper that's not at my favorite place, Costco, anymore. But all of the shelves are bare because we have strip mined their supply chain. In fact, I'm more than fine with it. I'm going to begin now encouraging it. It is time now for the enemy to be afraid of us. Some of you have already launched this opening salvo. You've seen it over the weekend with Southwest Airlines. Their, their, their government lobbyist just texted my friend Chip Roy. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you this, but I'm going to because you should hear this. Upset about him encouraging more and more Southwest pilots to walk off the job basically saying it's not nice. Chip's reply was, in fact, I didn't go far enough. I hope the FAA employees, they walk off the job over all of this as well. 
Hell freaking yeah. Let it bleed. Make it bleed. And here's how you win in politics. You empty the chamber. And then, even though those are largely involuntary reaction after the carcass is dead, you reload the chamber and empty it again just to make sure. It is time to make some examples. Time for us now. We have the numbers. We have the Constitution. We have right and wrong on our side. It is time now for us to make them afraid. So this week, we're going on offense. It will begin with an address you need to hear. And it will be a speech that will take up the majority of this show today between listening to it and us reacting to it. From a guy that's a complete and total badass and he doesn't have 40-inch pythons and I don't know that he can do a single pull-up. It doesn't matter. Because he's willing to say no. All of us. All of us in this audience, regardless of our current age, physical conditioning, we can all say no. And if we all say no together, it gets even tougher to ignore. And we need to know before we go out there that we're not alone. We're not even alone in the healthcare industry, and that you'll be hearing today. So today is about encouragement to rally you to the cause. Tomorrow will be now to challenge you to join it. And we begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Striking Back. Over 2,000 Southwest Airlines flights were canceled over the weekend with airlines blaming weather and staffing issues. What's really going on is that Southwest Airlines pilots are going on strike to protest the company's vaccine mandate for all employees. Long lines proliferated at airports across the country as travelers were stuck looking for different flights. In addition, the union representing American Airlines, the largest domestic airline in the country, warned the company to expect staffing shortages for the coming holiday season if the company institutes a COVID-19 vaccination mandate. There's also a rumored air traffic controller strike originating in Jacksonville, Florida, that caused some flight cancellations and log jams. Additionally, there are also rumors Amtrak employees are resisting the vaccine mandates as the entity canceled a few lines over the weekend due to, quote, unforeseen crew issues. In other good news, the U.S. Court of Appeals Sixth Circuit unanimously sided with athletes at Western Michigan University who sued the school, saying its vaccine mandate violated their First Amendment rights. Louisiana State University has rescinded its coronavirus vaccine and testing requirements for fans heading to the Tigers' home games. College football update. Fans stormed the field in Iowa City, Iowa and College Station, Texas, as the Hawkeyes and Aggies both defeated top four teams. Dr. Fauci, your thoughts? How long do you think it will be until it's safe for vaccinated people to once again be indoors without a mask? You know, I... It's always tough to predict that. What do you need to see? Well, I need to see the dynamics of the outbreak in the community go way down. Italians gathered by the thousands to protest the country's vaccine passport mandate over the weekend. 
Protesters in Tel Aviv marched for the 11th consecutive Saturday protesting vaccine mandates in Israel. The Los Angeles County Sheriff says his institution will not be complying with the area's vaccine mandate, nor will they be enforcing it. There are entire groups of employees that are willing to be fired and laid off rather than get vaccinated. So I don't want to be in a position to lose 5-10% of my workforce overnight. The number one song on the iTunes Top 100 rap chart is a song about opposing vaccine mandates. The song's name is This Is A War by Hi Rez and Jimmy Levy. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. They're getting it go with the sickness. This is a war. This is a war. This is a war that we... Big Pharma whore Scott Gottlieb suddenly thinks it's not as urgent to get kids vaccinated. I don't think that it's going to happen anytime soon. CDC is going to want to see the post-pandemic experience, how much virus is going to be circulating after the pandemic and how much of a risk it poses to children. They're also going to want to collect a lot more long-term data in kids. And so, you know, 12 to 17 could be a couple of years away, perhaps a little longer. I think 5 to 11 is even longer than that. And now a correction from the New York Times on a story about vaccines for children. Quote, an earlier version of this article incorrectly described actions taken by regulators in Sweden and Denmark. They have halted the use of Moderna vaccines in children, they have not begun offering single doses. The article also misstated the number of COVID hospitalizations in U.S. children. It is more than 63,000 from August 2020 to October 2021, not 900,000 since the beginning of the pandemic. In addition, the article misstated the timing of an FDA meeting on authorization of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine for children. It's later this month, not this week. A federal appeals court has temporarily reinstated Texas's law banning abortions after six weeks. The Fifth Circuit struck down a lower federal court ruling from earlier in the week, stemming from a lawsuit brought about by the U.S. Department of Justice. And now is the part of the show where Kamala goes on quaaludes. I just love the idea of exploring the unknown. And then there's other things that we just haven't figured out or discovered yet. To think about so much that's out there that we still have to learn. Like, I love that. I love that. And so I'm very excited about the Space Council. You guys are going to see. You're going to literally see the craters on the moon with your own eyes. And finally, a Let's Go Brandon update. The Illinois president uh, of the, uh, Don Harmon, State Senator Laura Murphy, State Rep. Uh, um, Martin Mo uh, Mo Moylan. And uh, we got great labor leaders here, too. Tim, well, where's Tim? There you go, Tim. Thank you. Thank you, pal. AFL-CIO State President. And Jeff Isaacson, United Brotherhood of Carpenters. You've, and uh, Don Finn, IBW. Uh, and, uh, and Robert Reiter, Reiter, R-E-I-T-E-R, Reiter, Chicago Federation of Labor. And folks, uh, that's how we beat COVID-19. And that's what happened while we were away. You get a million reasons to be stressed out these days and stressing about your male pattern baldness and receding, receding hairline does not have to be one of them. That's why you can go to Keeps and get the same doctor recommended FDA approved hair loss treatment. But they're the generic version, so you only pay about half of the cost. And it's a great deal that uh, also adds into it all that convenience because it's all done online. Uh, you just answer a few easy questions, snap a few pics of your hair so that a licensed doctor can review your info and then recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. And then we add even more savings on top of the savings and convenience. Half off your first order to get you started today. When you go to keeps.com slash grow, K-E-E-P-S for keeps.com slash grow. Half off your first order today 
at keeps.com slash grow. I want to introduce you to a complete and total badass. And one of the lessons I tried to impart my son at a young age, because it was pretty, it was pretty obvious to me early on, that even though he's a better looking version of me and has a lot of the same interest I do, personality is just going to be a lot different. He's going to be more empathetic than me, which frankly doesn't take much. Um, he's going to be more sensitive than me. And I didn't want him to think because he was created and crafted with a different persona than his old man, that that meant he had some ridiculous ideal of, it's it, you know, masculinity is not about what you stand for and who you stand with, but how you behave or act. And so from a very young age, I have tried to impart to him that there's lots of different ways to skin that cat. Dr. Peter McCullough doesn't look like the guy that you're going to send in to charge the hill. In fact, you know what he looks like? Just looks like a really friendly doctor. Because that's who he is. A very decorated one. One of the most decorated cardiologists in this country. Associated with numerous universities. From Baylor to the University of Texas to the University of Michigan. He has received numerous awards. The International Award for Critical Care Nephrology for his outstanding work and contribution in the area of cardiorenal syndromes. He's been the recipient of awards from the American College of Cardiology for uh, all of his work. Many of his works have been vetted and have been celebrated in the New England Journal of Medicine, the Journal of the American Medical Association, the two most prestigious medical journals here in the United States, but then numerous other medical journals worldwide. He's an invited lecturer on the New York Academy of Science circuit, the National Institute of Health circuit. That's where Anthony Fauci works. Uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the European Medicines Agency, and the U.S. Congressional Oversight Panel. Prior to COVID, this man's credentials were above reproach, beyond repute. He was a celebrated and respected expert. And now, because he has told COVID Stan, no, I'm going to continue to follow science, it wants to act like everything I just told you isn't true. It wants to memory hole him. But he will not go quietly into the night. In fact, he has helped to organize medical resistance to this medical tyranny all over this country. And so today, because I want you to know you're not alone, that we're not even alone here, just some ham and eggers doing a podcast with you folks in the audience. But even amongst people a lot more, a lot smarter than us, a lot more qualified to address these things than we are. We have allies. Maybe more allies than we originally thought. That's why you see Scott Gottlieb in that quote, back, 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 back. He's back peddling. Why? Because they're seeing how pissed off the parents are at the schools about about critical racist theory. How pissed off would these parents get about mandatory vaccinations in a lot of these places? Because the data is bad and it's getting worse. Two to four years for teenagers, longer than that for little kids. That's a backpedal is what that is. Again, what can we do? We've done all this 
and have had numerous successes over this last year plus on the defensive. What would we do if we're on the offensive? Well, today we begin to go on offense, and I think it is important for us to hear from people who know the material better than we do. So it's not just us everyday folks up against the expert class. But here's another one of these experts. Following the same science that we've all been talking about for the last year plus, and that's why he has launched a full-throated offensive against COVID, Stan. We present you today, Dr. Peter McCullough. I am so honored. In fact, it's my honor to find AAPS, and I've told uh, Dr. Orient and really everyone in your circles that AAPS far and away is the best medical organization I've ever been involved with. And I tell you, I have a lot of credentials behind my name, and I'm probably going to sequentially drop them or have them drop from me, and I'm going to shed a little academic baggage as I move forward. Uh, but as introduced, I'm an internist and cardiologist, but I see patients every week. Uh, I have been dedicated to focusing on the interface between heart and kidney disease. That's what I was involved with. I'm a trained epidemiologist. I, you know, I went to University of Michigan and got my degree in epidemiology later uh, in life and, and was really blessed to train at some of the best places in the United States as a trainee in two separate institutions. The Nobel Prize was awarded uh, when I was there as a young person to see that happen. Um, but I step forward in COVID-19 because as uh, introduced and as so many have recognized, something was going very wrong very early in 2019. I wasn't going to stand for it. So let's jump into this. I've got um, about 70 slides, but a lot of pictures just as talking points. And my slides are your slides. All right, pause it so here for a second. Them if you're not a Blaze TV subscriber, man, today's the day, Okay. Today is the day to take advantage of the free trial and get on board right now at blazetv.com slash days because you need to see this. You need to see these slides to get the full experience. If you're just listening to the podcast later on, trust me, that you'll, you'll, you'll get plenty out of it, but you will not understand the full sufficiency of what he is about to present to you. All right, so take advantage of it right now at blazetv.com slash days. I email Jeremy. I worked on them up until today. Have them, use them, and let's win the war against therapeutic nihilism. And let's talk about this rush uh, to replace trusted treatments with untrusted novel therapies. I have chaired data safety monitoring boards now for over two dozen different therapeutic products. I've been involved, I think, in about 18 products coming to market. I know data and I know safety. And the FDA knows I know safety. In fact, I've chaired day safety monitoring boards for the National Institutes of Health and Big Pharma. And I Pause have it. made Freeze some... Pause it. Freeze it. Do you hear what you just said there? This guy has done, been doing oversight of Big Pharma on behalf of the, of the FDA and the, and the NIH his, much of his career. So again... This isn't even a doctor who has recognized something isn't right here while treating patients. He has been involved in the entire oversight process from the very beginning of his career leading up to this moment right here. So he knows how it operates. He knows where the bodies are buried. That's important to note. Go ahead. Medical calls as a chairman of Day Safety Monitoring Board to shut down a program when it wasn't safe. And I can tell you that threshold is a few cases where we can't explain it. A few cases. Okay, we get to five unexplained cases. We start to get very, very uncomfortable. Day safety monitoring. Freeze board. it again. We get five. 
Did you hear what he just said, what their threshold typically is? Not 500, not 5,000, not 15,000. Yes, we're sitting here with, we're approaching 15,000 deaths in the VAERS adverse side effects database. He says typically with these programs, they get into five unexplained troubling events. He is shutting them down. Continue. 50 unexplained death in a, a release of a new product. It's gone. It's gone. We shut it down and we figure out what went wrong. For new biologic pr products, demand safety, safety, safety. It's unassailable. It's unassailable. If you get up in front of a group of your peers and say, I am concerned about safety, it's an unassailable position. It's a moral and ethical position of a higher level than those who are going to plod forward. It was taken in the 1976 uh, swine flu pandemic. 25 deaths, 550 cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome. The comfort level was gone. We had vaccinated 25% of our 220 million people in the United States, and that was it. The concern for safety was too great. The deaths escalated after stopping the program up to 53. This was the standard and still should be the standard today. Still should be the standard today. I'm going to tell you we are far beyond that. I'll follow this outline and make a few comments with respect to each one of these. New biological products, Operation Warp Speed. COVID-19 was used as an opportunity to showcase the world's brilliance with respect to biotechnology. And there was great enthusiasm early in 2020 that this was it. This was going to be the showcase of what we could do for biotech. But I personally became concerned easily by the summer. And I had a window to America through the Hill, one of the uh, Republican journals. And um, I had uh, uh, had a large footprint in academic medicine in terms of opinion. I had published in New England Journal of Medicine, had over 650 papers in the peer-reviewed literature, but I didn't have any window of talking to America. I had testified before Congress back in 2007, but fortunately, through a series of connections, I got a, a position with the Hill, and I was a regular contributor last year, all the way until the release of the vaccines. But through this um, opportunity, I correctly predicted all the twists and turns of the pandemic because as an epidemiologist, I was trying to study through the hubris of the reporting in the media of what was going on and how this virus was moving. Uh, and it was uh, occurring in, in, in clusters. We had a big problem with respect to test positive and deaths and not reporting the hospitalizations. But we had a great gamble with the vaccine development because of the idea that so many shortcuts were being taken and there was a levering of of, of all of our bets on technology that was brand new technology. And Dr. Malone told you about Can this, you pause, but in Aaron? short. That shortcut's being taken. Some wise guy uh, on Twitter said, "It's there's no such thing as anti-vax versus vax. There's just anti-vax and there's science. That clown has it exactly wrong. It's just the opposite. He's said... He's telling that is being used as a cover up, a bumper sticker like the coexist thing. It's religious to them. Peter McCullough is telling you what real science is. It's a process. It's a discipline. It's an ethic. It's your not it's not your magical belief in unicorns. Understand that is if you if you don't understand that, none of this is going to make any sense to you. 
the adenoviral vector DNA vaccines, Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca, use a replication incompetent virion to inject uh, DNA into the cells, and that DNA transcribes messenger RNA, or the Pfizer-Moderna is messenger RNA into the cell, again, uh, directly involved in protein synthesis. So it, in, it basically interacts with uh, ribosomes, and then we have transfer RNA that assembles amino acids into proteins. But what's the protein that's being assembled? In red here, the protein is the spike protein. 1,200 amino acids loaded as, as is correctly pointed out by so many presenters, it is a deadly protein. By itself, it is a deadly protein. It's a deadly protein. It's the first time in human medicine where we are injecting vaccines and we're asking the human body to make it potentially lethal protein. Pause. The hope is that is an, we're going to say this a lot because what you're about to watch and hear is one of the best and most important one hours of your time since March 11th, 2020. That, though, is one of the most important points. We've never done this before, ever. In fact, there wasn't even a major corporate investment in this technology until 2008. More with Dr. Peter McCullough here. You know, we've been telling you about Rough Greens for quite a while now. It's that uh, supplement powder that you sprinkle into your pet's food. And with that one simple act, you are providing your dog with many of the essential vitamins, minerals, and nutrients likely being denied it because those things are stripped out of the dog's food at the factory so it can be mass produced for a long shelf life, which is what they do to the human food nowadays. That's why when you walk into a lot of stores, one of the largest sections is the supplement section because a lot of that stuff is missing out of our diets. Same thing happens to your pet. Thankfully, Rough Greens has come along to provide a supplement for your pet, but you might be concerned that your pet won't like it. Well, here's how we can find out. We'll give you that first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. It's on us. You just pay a little bit for the shipping, so you've got some skin in the game, but the bag is free when you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com, or give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Again, that's 833-ROUGH-DOG. All right, let us continue. Today, we are going on offense, and we're beginning with sort of a State of the Union address from a complete and total badass, a decorated cardiologist by the name of Dr. Peter McCullough, who will not go away quietly and is using his experience working within the FDA and the NIH to strike back at its misinformation and attempt to put us under tyranny. We left off where he was explaining the difference in the methodology of this experimental vaccination technology compared to a more traditional, inert, benign form of a virus that we see with traditional vaccines. A small enough amount of it, and it would create just enough of a, an immune test that we'd form immunity to this deadly protein. The gamble was, what if we make too much? What if we make it for too long a period of time? What if these lipid nanoparticles go to the wrong organs and don't stay in the arm and we start to produce this uh, lethal protein, this damaging protein that's expressed on cell surfaces? It's not supposed to be there. The body immediately recognizes it, attacks it as being foreign. It breaks free in the circulation, circulates for two weeks, as shown by Ogata and colleagues from Harvard, 
And then damages blood vessels, probably the pericytes, maybe the endothelial cells, clearly is related to thrombosis. It's related to what's called hemagglutination because it attaches to salic acid residues on red blood cells and creates an unusual form of clotting, particularly in the lungs, causing desaturation like we've never seen in any other viral infection. This particular part right here, we've been talking about the spike protein how the vaccines are attacking that, or how uh, the, va the vaccines are actually injecting that spike protein as if it's some sort of benign thing. Mm -hmm. What this is saying is no. A actually, that protein by itself is, uh, is pathogenic. Yes. To, 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 to make it as simple as I can, that's an excellent point, Eric. A traditional vaccine puts an inert or benign form of the virus the into virus. your body, the virus itself, yeah. into your body so that the vi your, your body will then produce antibodies in reaction or response to recognizing the contagion. All right. In this case, we're, 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 what's happening is the spiked protein that will happen in your body when you have an infection, when you have a COVID infection, the spiked protein that is produced, that's what they're injecting into us in order to get the body to produce antibodies and what he is saying is hey if it, if they just give it to you a little bit and then it would just put it in the arm it will stay in the arm and then you found out it's not just staying in the arm the idea that we would inject something into somebody's bloodstream and it would not travel it would just stay there i mean that's fantastical magical thinking so either these people suck at this not likely or they lied probably and so then what happens is now the actual reaction your body produces in response to this virus is in your system as if it was a live virus, not a benign, inert form of it. And if, and if, they, if they put too much of it in there, your body will respond as if you are COVID infected or it will produce other problems in your body along the lines of what he's talking about. And we're going to mandate this? We're going to mandate this. Hell no, we're not. Hell no, we're not doing that. We're not putting up with that. Continue. This is what we're doing to the human body with these vaccines. It is unprecedented that this is being done. It's also unprecedented that millions of Americans, more than half of us, have volunteered to take the injection without asking too much about how it works. People in my family did. They did it patriotically. They were asked unquestionably to take the vaccine, and it didn't matter which one. It didn't matter which one. And so here we are today with over half of Americans, a smaller fraction of the world's populations, have taken one of these vaccines. There's other ones. There's the Sinovac vaccine, which is a, uh, a killed virus vaccine, far less effective, also has problems. There's 27 of these in development. But this idea was that the vaccine was the only way that we were going to get out of this pandemic. It alarmed all of us. By May, this paper, 57 authors, 17 countries, Bruno and colleagues, I'm in the author block, basically said, listen, if we don't have safety mechanisms in place for the vaccine programs, shut them down. Shut them down because it's safety, safety, safety. Our concerns was this was a dangerous mechanism of action. We had skipped all the critical testing to understand what this is going to do long term to the human body. We had a concerning biodistribution study from Japan showing hyperconcentration of the lipid nanoparticles in the ovaries. Moderna separately had shown a reduced fertility study to the EMA that was concerning, not to the threshold to kill the program. There's been no external uh, advisory uh, committees, no human ethics committees, day safety monitoring board. 
forward. The FDA and the CDC are the sponsors of the program. They cannot be the adjudicators of death. They cannot. That violates every regulatory law that we know. And the CDC and FDA and the NIH work for us. They are public servants to us. Pause it. They do not issue. All of these entities work for us. Your congressmen, all of them do. They all work for us. That's why it's time for us to go on offense now. We're the heads of the home. We're the CEOs. We're not victims. We don't just passively permit things to happen to us. We're not Urban Meyer pretending on the sidelines for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He just lets other coaches on his raw team make the decision about whether to punt or go for it on fourth down or not. Nope. No. We are not abrogating our power and authority as Americans anymore. We're taking it back. And we're going to do so as painfully as we possibly can. Continue. Rulings to us. They don't have authorities to issue rulings to us. They should serve us. The doctor and the patient sit in the fiduciary relationship above those three entities. And we have the authority to make that claim. Very important. Authority is a very important word. They excluded, um, uh, they should have excluded patients who were excluded from the clinical trials. Exclusions were agreed upon by the FDA and all the IRBs because they knew the vaccines weren't going to work or would cause excessive harm in pregnant women, women at childbearing potential, COVID recovered, those with suspected COVID and positive serologies. Under no circumstances should a, a human being have ever taken one of these vaccines because they weren't allowed in clinical trials. Full stop. Full stop. Very, very important. Pause it. There was no... What he's saying is if it wasn't safe to clinically human trial these people with vaccines, then why would we real-time trial them if we exempted these groups from the human trials because it wasn't safe, why would we real-time trial them then? That's Joseph Mengele kind of stuff. That's what he's saying. Continue. And may Go I, ahead, Todd. Yes. Because it, it just gets more and more grating. There are, again, conservative red checks today in reaction to what's going on with Southwest Airlines. And they're still trying to tiptoe through the raindrops. And the first thing they say, well, I still think people should get Ugh. the uh, vaccine. It's annoying and stupid and grating before you heard this. But once you've heard this, these people are s simply part of a cult and they claim to wear your jersey. To restrict these people from the vaccine program, in fact, they were encouraged to take the vaccines with no safety data and, very importantly, no efforts to risk mitigate. We can't reduce the risk until our agency tell us who's being harmed from the vaccines. We have had an overdue report card from our federal agencies. My perspective on this, as a doctor and a citizen, is monthly reports. Monthly reports. I want these staffers up on the stage. Monthly, show us the data. Show us the data. Monthly reports. Month after month, nothing. Pause it. Nothing. Over the weekend, I posted on all my social media accounts the updated, absolute updated data on COVID from the UK. Here's what it, here's what it says. That essentially these therapeutics are not really protecting anybody from getting COVID anymore, except the age groups under the age of 30 who were the least susceptible to COVID before these therapeutics ever existed. They're at least a couple of weeks, if not a couple of months ahead of us on the epidemiological curve. 
They've been ahead of us. The UK has on vaccinations. They got Delta before we did, et cetera. And now they have a, it's a clear and total breakdown. I've posted this chart on all of my socials, even yes, on Facebook. Go and read it for yourself. It's all there. Steve Dace, Facebook, at Steve Dace Show, Twitter. Look for, look for the chart on me, we parlor, gab, getter. It's on all of them. And what you'll see is the people that we need these therapeutics to prevent from getting COVID the most, it doesn't. It prevents people 30 and younger who are already fairly invulnerable to it, by and large, before we even had these therapeutics. It prevents them from getting it, but really nobody else. Why do I have data like this from the UK and not from my own country? Why do I have to pour through three, four, five different pages on the same state's COVID dashboard to put this sort of data together again? Because they don't want you to know it. That's why. They're trying to hide it. That's why. That's why he's saying, hey, I want weekly reports. I'm paying $10,000 to send Noah to Des Moines Christian this year. Think I don't check his grades like every single week, given that amount of money coming out of my pocket to do that? I'm pretty certain you are. Hell yeah, we're checking that every week. I want to know where my 10 grand is going. Wouldn't you like to know where your billions of dollars are going? Continue. These uh, uh, um, billboards, needle in every arm, just take the shot, just take the shot, vaccine hesitancy. I don't care about that. I want safety. Safety. Demand it. Listen, there's safety inspections on the roof over your head right now. There's safety inspections of, of the airplane you're going to fly on later on today. What? No safety inspections of a novel biologic uh, uh, therapy that's injected to each one of us? No safety reports? Pause it. Well, as of January... Here's the thing. I can't think of a better way to get more people to take these vaccines than for them to actually have safety inspections that are transparent and, neut- and by a neutral third party. That's what's troubling about all this. I mean, what is the most obvious way to get people yeah, to do this? But they won't do it. So why won't they do it? All the answers to that question are all bad and why they should all be defied and resisted on its face. More. Second, we had a problem. We had a big problem. We had 182 deaths. The expected number of deaths, all vaccines combined, 158 per year, 278 million shots per year in the United States. 182. We were over the line. And if we had a data safety monitoring board, this program would have been shut down in February for excess mortality, and it would have been reviewed. We only had 27 million people vaccinated in the United States. Did you only hear that? 27 million. Pause it what again. What happened? Remember what, what he told us last segment. What was he doing before this? What was he doing for the NIH and for the FDA before this? What was oversight. he doing? Over, safety oversight. And he's saying that, it, that with any other program he was a part of, these things that have been shut down in February at the initial adverse side effect data, let alone we're sitting here now in the middle of October and they're trying to mandate this on everybody. This is not some quack. This is even some really decorated but neighborhood healthcare provider, PCP, that hasn't been outside of his own clinic or hospital. This is a world-renowned cardiovascular expert, one of the most renowned in the world, whose credentials are impeccable and above reproach. He's saying this. Trust the experts, right, Steve? Indeed. So we're going to trust him today more. Nothing. No safety review. That's malfeasance. Malfeasance is wrongdoing by those in position of authority. And that's what happened. 
it's really, really uncomfortable to say that our CDC, our FDA, our, our, um, our National Institutes of Health, White House Task Force One, White House Task Force Two, President One, President Two, Senate One, Senate Two, Senate uh, uh, House One, House Two, they are all implicated in this. The None of them. I can't stress enough. That's, Steve's been using that word a lot within the last two years. But Steve's here, a political talk show host. The doctor is talking about this. He's not talking about career. Mal Thiessen. Steve, you want to reset what you think that word means when you're using it? Because it is as powerful a thing as he's said so far. Intentional wrongdoing yes. by, by an entity of is. authority. That's what it means. There it is. Intentional wrongdoing. An intent to deceive. Right? So Nebraska got penalized against my Wolverine Saturday night for clapping to try to mimic on defense, try to mimic Michigan's snapping the football in a loud environment. They got penalized for intent to deceive. That's what it means. Malfeasance means it's intent. It's intentional. They mean to do this. Now, now they could think they're doing it for noble reasons. Well, we had to lie to you to get you to do the things we wanted you to do. Ah, noble lie. Okay? Yes, that could be. Joseph Mengele thought he was noble lying as well. Lots of folks at Nuremberg testified, well, these were all noble lies for the advancement of human civilization, progress, eugenics. But that's what malfeasance means. The intent is to deceive. The intent is to lie. This is intentional wrongdoing. That's what malfeasance means. Before we continue on, we're up against the break. Any other thoughts here before we continue with hour two? By the way, whatever is left when we get to the end of this, we're just going to roll this into the overtime today for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. The people that Todd was talking about, the conservative... Uh I kind of like, I think that was a misspeak. Maybe it wasn't uh, Todd. The, the, the red, red checks. checks. Yeah. I like that. Um, I, I just want to add to that. You might have been able to say I'm, I'm pro-vaccine, anti-mandate two, three, four years ago. That would have been considered maybe by some an uh, anti-vax or vax skeptical position. If your favorite conservative media, conservative media, conservative Inc., algo uh, conservative personality is couching everything on this conversation with, well, you should still get the shot after everything that we've seen so far. That person, don't say never trust them again, be very, very skeptical about just about anything ever again. Because at this point in time, with this particular circumstance that we're up against, with a leaky vaccine, if they think that you should still get it, that means they think that it works. And if it works, and if this virus is as bad as everybody has said it is, and it's getting worse, why not? Why would you ever oppose a mandate? They're speaking out of both sides of their mouths. Don't, don't trust them wholeheartedly or just with a gut reaction ever again. Hour two is next. with hour two live and on demand here on blaze tv radio and podcast i'm steve dace he's todd erzin he is aaron mcintyre and you are you let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox email us steve at stevedace.com that's d-e-a-c-e you can also like me on facebook where we are still every now and then uh dropping a little hashtag 
Facebook approved takes, although I'm kind of just doing it now just for fun. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show and then look for me on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Just look for Steve Dace there and then look for clips of the show. Somebody emailed me during the break and wanted to know if this Peter McCullough video we're sharing is on YouTube. <laughs> I wrote him back and I said, dude, you are funny. I, I, I just have to assume that's a joke. Okay. But it's on Rumble because that's where we're broadcasting it from here today. We got it off of Rumble. That's where I originally watched it last week. Uh, and by the way, thank you to the approximately 9,000 of you that emailed me this video last week. The first 7,500, I wasn't going to watch it. But finally, when you broke that 8,000 threshold, that level of persistence, I said, all right, I got to watch this. I did. And so then I loved it so much, I watched it again. And now I'm devoting my show to it today. All right. So if you want to get more videos like this or... Um, this show, clips from this show that are uncensored. Go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. That's rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And for those of you that listen to the podcast, thank you so much. Please leave us a five-star review. Hit the subscribe or follow button, whichever applies on whichever podcast platform you prefer. So many of you have done this for us already. You've been a huge boost to the show. We thank each and every one of you. Also, when is the perfect time to plant your trees, shrubs, your landscaping. You know what it is? It's actually fall, which means right now is the perfect time to go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Skip the big box stores. Head to fastgrowingtrees.com. It's the world's largest online nursery. No more waiting in line, messy cars, digging through a lackluster selection. Just go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Choose from thousands of varieties of trees, shrubs, and plants expertly curated to thrive in your area and delivered to your door in a couple of days or less. So whether you're looking for shade, privacy, fruit trees, or just added extra color to your yard, every plant is shipped with a well-developed root system. So it's ready to explode with new growth come spring. All right, so if you want to get going right now, fall is planting season. Don't let anybody tell you different. Join the over 1 million satisfied gardeners at fastgrowingtrees.com. And now through November the 30th at fastgrowingtrees.com Steve, you can get 15% off. Fastgrowingtrees.com slash Steve, 15% off today at, fa at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Steve. Let's continue listening to our State of the Union address against COVID stand from decorated cardiologist, Dr. Peter McCullough. Give me one second here. Our computer, of course, has frozen up once again. There we go. None of them demanded and effectuated a safety report and a stop in February. They are all culpable. What happened? Well, we now know that this early safety warning in this peer-reviewed publication from Jessica Rose clearly failed. Look how high those mortality numbers were by April. It clearly failed. We had Americans dying at, after vaccination. It was obvious. This is an obvious data signal. This is obvious. All experts agree it's obvious. Now, as of September 24th, it's raced up to 15,937 Americans have died. Over 250,000 Americans after the vaccine have been hospitalized, gone to their urgent care or office visits. You can see the temporal relationship on the bottom bar graph. You can see that sharp spike upwards. Sadly, we have over 20,000 Americans that the CDC tells us are permanently disabled after the vaccine. That's bigger than some major cancer groups. 
That's bigger than some major cancer groups. The disability that we are going to see due to these vaccines will go down in history as an unbelievable atrocity. I made a presentation uh, to the um, uh, to the Heritage Foundation in Washington that provides a lot of oversight uh, to the House and the Senate as well as the agencies. And I made this presentation. You could hear a pin drop when I was done, pin drop. And finally, one of the former presidents of the American Medical Association said, Dr. McCullough, we have the biggest biological catastrophe on our hands in human history with a medicinal product and we've had two administrations buy into it We've had two, all the houses of legislation buy into it. We have the entire medical established buy into it, and the whole media, and no one knows how to stop it. No one knows how to stop this freight train, and we're all witnessing it right now. The deaths, 50% of them occur within 48 hours of the shot. 80% occur within a week. That's been shown in separate analyses by Rose and McLachlan. McLachlan showed by getting the data, doing a representative sample, adjudicating the deaths by separate reviewers, he found that 86% of the deaths had no other explanation outside of the vaccine. Very tight temporal relationship, very tight clinical review relationship. On two occasions, the CDC on its website in March and June floated out a one-sentence um, result saying that CDC and FDA reviewers had reviewed the deaths and none were related to the vaccine. Malfeasance. I can tell you I do this work. It takes months to get all the hospital records, to get the labs, to get the death certificates. There's no way they could have reviewed these deaths. And Pause including it. the CPR. Did you hear what he just said? I've done this work. I know the legwork it takes. This is, by the way, folks, He's he did this work on, on projects that were not the largest global vaccination effort in human history. We have injected these vaccines into over 5 billion people in just over 10 months. This is unprecedented in world history. Nothing like this has ever been done. So he's, he's talking about other instances with, with situations with far greater volume I'm sorry, far lesser volume than what we're dealing with here. And far less stakes, comprehensively That's exactly speaking, right. the tentacles yes. this goes into. Yes. And, and you heard him say, I've done this work. I was on these boards. There's no way they have checked this data. No way. So it's just malfeasance. And so that means they either are lying to you because they think you need it so bad and won't get it if they tell you the truth. Or they're just lying to you. Because this is about simply power and control. And maybe it's a little bit of both. And it, maybe the answer depends on the entity, agency, and individual. But there is no doubt that malfeasance here is involved. No doubt at all. Continue. It was done in the vaccine center right, right there. That wasn't related. When, when they make statements like that, they're the sponsors of the program. They actually have no position. They have no justification for them to even give us a report on what they think. They're the sponsors. They need experts, external experts, to review these and to give these reports. Those statements will go down in history as malfeasance. What McLachlan showed us is sadly who's dying are the seniors. The seniors are the ones we want to protect, but yet the vaccines are lethal in some seniors. Not all. Obviously, we've had half of America take the vaccine. 
Not everyone has died immediately, but it doesn't matter. It's too many that have died in this fraction, and we must figure out why in some individuals the vaccines are lethal. And this analysis by Kostoff, uh, it, it, the relationship between deaths with the natural infection on the left and deaths with the vaccine on the right, even though the y-axis is different, it's the same. It's an age-related death relationship. Kostoff calculated in this paper that because not everybody gets the respiratory infection and because the respiratory infection is treatable and manageable, in fact, one is more likely to die after the vaccine than just take their choice with foregoing the vaccine and potentially getting COVID-19. Statistically, in every age group, that's the case. The gamble is to gamble away from the vaccine and away from potential harm. Now, Jessica Rose, in her first paper, showed that the non-fatal um, reactions tend to be um, cardiac, cardi uh, cardiovascular, neurologic, and immunologic. They tend to occur quickly after the shot. Again, a tight temporal relationship. And with Rose, she's a, a really a tight, tight uh, epidemiologist, but virologist. She's made the case that we've completely fulfilled the Bradford Hill criteria for causality. We have a dangerous mechanism of action. We have a tight temporal relationship. We have internal consistency between death and the non-fatal um, events. We have external consistency because this is seen in the MHRA system, the yellow card system, and in the UDRA, UA, the EMA system. We've basically got it. We have fulfilled Hill's tenets of causality. The vaccine is causing these events. Um, uh, uh, there are new categories of diseases. This is vaccine-induced immune thrombocytic penic purpurea. Look at the criteria. These are individuals who sadly, after about two weeks, more likely with the adenoviral vaccines, develop a hemolytic anemia. They develop thrombosis at the same time, thrombosis in a whole variety of organs, including um, abdominal, visceral, uh, uh, venous outflow. Uh, you know, we have, this is in the peer-reviewed literature now. So, you know, we don't have to speculate on this. This is real. This is this paper's from uh, 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 hypertension, which is one of the best papers, one of the best uh, daughter journals of circulation. Research letter, stage three hypertension in patients developing the messenger RNA SARS-CoV-2 vaccination. A marked uh, uh, skyrocketing of blood pressure in some individuals, which is catastrophic. We've had somebody in our circles in Dallas, a young man who's 42 has had an aortic dissection. Laura Ingram has had a woman in her 70s who suffered this with an intracranial hemorrhage, and she came on and told her story. Many of you have hypertension. That's who, when you have baseline hypertension, you take a spin with this vaccine, this is what you're risking. We don't know who's going to have life-threatening, potentially fatal hypertensive events with the vaccine. We know myocarditis is another risk. The FDA agrees. The FDA and the CDC reviewed cases in June. They had 200 cases of younger individuals and they showed that 90% were hospitalized. It looks serious. We now have raced up to 5,000 cases of myocarditis in the United States. We heard yesterday that Gavin Newsom has just mandated mandatory vaccinations for all children in California with absolutely no concern regarding this effect, which will occur in many, many children as they're forced into the vaccine. What do we know? This paper from California, Tracy Hogus just published this, that looking at multiple safety sources, and this is a very high-quality paper, that the myocarditis is certainly very real. It's due to the vaccine. The chances of myocarditis 
and hospitalization with myocarditis for one of these children who's gonna be forced into vaccination, the chances of hospitalization for a cardiac problem is greater than being hospitalized for COVID-19. So it's much better for the children to not get vaccinated and take the risk of the respiratory infection. This analysis supports this. What did she find out? 86% of these thousands of hospitals, thousands of cases of myocarditis, which opponent EKG changes, a reduced left ventricular function, chest pain, early development of heart failure require hospitalization. We know now that boys with underlying, uh, con uh, with boys with um, no underlying health conditions, the chances of one of these cardiac hospitalizations is greater than taking the risk with the uh, natural infection alone. Look at this tight temporal relationship with shot two that occurs in the upper panel. The myocarditis is explosive, and it's far more in boys than girls. And what Hogue has analyzed from the vSafe and other data systems is that the rates of myocarditis are much higher than what the CDC even forecasted. So this has to be abundantly clear. The FDA says, warning, this causes myocarditis, don't do it. The FDA has told us this. The CDC agrees with all the data. That doesn't equal mandatory vaccination for children. It mandates just the opposite. Pause unbelievable. You just got, I didn't want, to, didn't want us to interrupt that because I wanted you to understand two things. Number one, why three weeks ago the FDA voted 16 to 2 against boosters and they're being overridden by the White House politically because the only science we've been doing here, folks, from the very beginning has been political science. So now you know why the FDA voted 16 to 2 and had two people resign over administering boosters of this vaccine so quickly. Number two, now you know why, as Aaron put it earlier in the program, big pharma whore Scott Gottlieb is backpedaling faster than you can say Willie Mays on vaccines for teenagers and for kids because of this data. See, folks... As I've been saying recently, I don't believe and never have believed I know more about this than CDC and NIH. What keeps me up at night and bothers me is that I know that I don't. And from the very beginning, I think I mentioned to this, to you, this to you folks last week, that after we came out with Fauci and Booster, the bonus chapter against vaccine mandates, um, some local media hack that uh, likes to pester you two. Uh, I was asking you how often we quote some guy. I, I don't even know who this guy is. I don't, I don't, in fact, I don't even remember his name. I just remember it was a name. I, I don't know the name. I've never heard of him, read it, seen it, watched him. In fact, well over 200 footnotes in Fauci and Bargain, most of them are from CDC, NIH, NIAID. There's 40 footnotes in the 22-page chapter Fauci and Booster, most of them are from where? CDC, NIH, NIAID, WHO. I'm not a part of this like alternative medicine world. You are. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I didn't I don't I don't I heard of the Children's Defense Fund of, of Medicine or isn't that RFK Jr.'s thing? I heard of that like last month. I, I don't know this world. I don't come from this world. I don't come from this bias. The guy you're listening to certainly doesn't. He has lived in the conventional medical system his entire career. He was educated by it. He has served in it and with distinction. That's why they gave him all kinds of awards. 
What's happening here is Peter McCullough is having his Black Lives Matters moment. Oh, so wait, when when you can use us all to 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 get Orange Man Bad out of office, you're totally fine with us having some peaceful protests and having 35 funerals for George Floyd. And now all of a sudden, that 72 percent of Black folks aren't vaccinated. Now all of a sudden, we're just supposed to go along with your new with their 21st century segregation. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Well, he understands what Carl Sagan of all people said yes. last week. Science is skepticism. Yes. It is not this level of arrogance. And this, this, that's what he he is raising questions of institutional malfeasance because he was one of the watchers of the watchers. That's that's what he did. He monitored safety protocols for how many experimental products. This guy's brought numerous experimental t- products to market. Numerous ones. Numerous. Yeah. But not because he's just a goody-goody. He actually believes, do no harm, yes. harm the Hippocratic Oath. He is pointing out, you really don't believe. This is like listening to Nicki Minaj. This is like listening to Nicki Minaj or Dave Chappelle with a medical with a, with an esteemed medical background giving a presentation. He is pointing out you don't believe your own propaganda. I did. I came from it. I was immersed in it. I I educated myself in it. I healed people with it. And now that I'm asking for consistency in what we said we believed all this time up until COVID nineteen, now you expect me to abandon it all? No. See, McCullough's the one here practicing consistency. He's wondering, when did we stop doing all the stuff we said we were doing all these years? And now suddenly we're not? That's why they won't argue with him. Would you not? Would, would, don't you think you deserve? How many more jobs? How many more businesses? How many more school closures? How many more lives? How many more mental health and anxieties? How many more? After 19 months, don't you think you deserve Peter McCullough and Anthony Fauci one-on-one on a stage for an hour? Let's close the steel cage, roll tape, and let's just see who walks out and comes out. Don't you think you deserve that, America? I'm not saying to take everything this guy's saying with a, with, as if it's from his lips to God's ears either. I've never even met Peter McCullough. I just recognize a guy with a zeal for the truth when I see it. Not everything in this presentation may be right. I don't know. I'm not qualified to check it. But I do know this. As Americans, you're damn right we're qualified to find out who's right or who's wrong. You're damn right we deserve for him and Fauci. Steel cage match. Roll tape. Let's see what happens. How many more of our grandparents are going to die alone in a nursing home? Don't you think? I think we've paid enough of a penalty for the last year plus. We deserve to hear another side of the argument that he's presenting. And I look forward to all of his former peers who feted him and celebrated him for decades and published his works. This guy has founded multiple journals, by the way. Multiple journals. You know, like Glenn Greenwald founded The Intercept. And then when he was like, I, I thought we got into this as liberals to speak truth to power. And now you guys want me to lie for Hillary Clinton. I'm not doing that. I'll probably even vote for her. I just think a lie is a lie and should be exposed. No, he got ran out of his own publication that he founded. That's what's happening. That's what's happening to him. Nicola founded publications. 
was awarded numerous awards from ones he didn't found. And now they want to blacklist him. Let's let the truth out and let's let the truth have its way. Because history shows no matter the institution, even when it's the church, the institution that's on the side of stifling dissent because it's afraid of facing critical thinking is never on the right side. Let us continue. Relentless and unbreakable resistance to having the children vaccinated. It is simply not safe under any conditions, period. Full stop. Without protection from pharmaceutical laws, the vaccines will, will do more harm. There's no doubt about it. We are in a free fall of a lawless state. A lawless state is developing the Office of Human Research Protections and the US FDA right now and enforcing research protections for subjects. Everybody who takes a, who takes a vaccine in the United States is in research. The fact that, that there's absolutely no protections for research subjects and we have no enforcement of pharmaceutical laws is putting us into complete freefall. The vaccines are not safe for human use on either side of the Atlantic. And the evidence-based consulting group in the UK agrees. Dr. Tess Lowry, who leads that group, that's the principal contract consulting group for the World Health Organization, has concluded an immediate halt to the vaccine program is required whilst a full and independent safety analysis is undertaken to figure out what has gone wrong with these vaccines. I'm telling you, it's clear across the world that this first generation of vaccines is not safe. I'm personally not against vaccines. I just had one last week for the flu. I've had every single vaccine I'm supposed to. I've gone to India. I've gotten extra vaccines. I'm not against vaccines, but these vaccines, multiple experts agree. It's not just me. It's not just you. Multiple experts agree. They're not safe. They are not safe enough in everyone for us to do this. There are citizen petitions uh, from uh, physician groups led by Linda Westila and Peter Doshi um, at the British Medical Journal, as well as a nursing group to the FDA to not approve these. And when it came to FDA approval on August 23rd, the FDA did not approve Pfizer. They gave a continuation of the EUA, and then they conditionally approved Comirnaty with BioNTech, which doesn't exist in the United States, legally distinct, potentially medicinally distinct, with a lots of po lot of post-marketing uh, requirements, including myocarditis, lots of um, uh, disclaimers about no information or safety information in pregnancy. That's Comirnaty. It's not even here. We do not have an approved vaccine in the United States. Yet a false talking point came out of that meeting all the way up to the President of the United States, who announced that Pfizer was approved when it wasn't. Historians will record these events. I mean, this is extraordinary. The person who signed the letter, Dr. Gruber, to Comirnaty, resigned seven days later. That's August 23rd. Well, fast forward to September 17th. We were ready. We had six people from our circles presenting at the US FDA. Six scientists, including Dr. Rose, including Paul Alexander, including um, uh, David Wiseman. We had an all-star team of people there, and we presented to the FDA September when the Pfizer came up for boosters. And you know what came out of that? Analyses showing death with the vaccine is greater than death just taking your chances with the infection. Hospitalization with myocarditis is greater than being hospitalized with uh, the respiratory infection. The vaccines aren't safe across the board. And you know what? The FDA didn't disagree. And you know what the panel voted for the booster, the advisory panel? 16 to 2 against the booster. So I'm telling you, there is a chance for dialogue. There is a chance for scientific interchange, and we have to make our voices heard. The vaccines not only have our great concerns regarding safety, and I think at this point in time can be declared generally unsafe, 
the vaccines don't work well enough in everyone. And you know what? When I did a TV show with Dr. Drew, many of you know Dr. Drew, the, the, he's an internist, but he's pretty expert in psychiatry. I, I said, you know, we've been on vaccine safety for three or four months this spring, and nobody seems to be batting an eye. He said, you know what he thought? Listen to this. He thought that America was prepared to have unsafe vaccines, that through all this misery and suffering of COVID-19, they were willing to take on the risks of mortality and morbidity with the vaccines without much alarm. I said, where's the outrage? He says America was prepared for this, psychologically prepared. I think he's probably right. But all right, the very let, let, let's first- pause it there, because that is some scary, idolatrous yep. crap right there, Okay. That, that, that is science is magic. That is scientism. That is what you, you guys in your camp over there refer to as the cult of vaccines. That is, I don't need data. I, 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 I just, I need assurance. I, I've got a jab-shaped hole in my arm, and only this particular mechanism can fill it. That is flat-out, flat-out, Molochian levels of idolatry. I, 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 I mean, I know we had a drought last spring and summer, but I'm convinced that this spring and summer, even though we all threw our babies into the fire here in Ben Hinnom to Moloch last year, and we still had a drought, I'm convinced that if we do it again this year, though, he will make it rain this time, and we'll just keep doing it. And if you dare, if you dare opt out of throwing your babies in, well, then you'll be the reason that we had the drought this year. It couldn't possibly be that Moloch is either a demon or does not exist. It could not possibly be that. Flat out, this is idolatry. You want to talk about preparation, Steve? America was prepared for this. Wait till I read this for you. Peter Baker, New York Times. A 2020 survey of 1,000 people ages 18 to 39 in the United States found that nearly two-thirds of them did not know what Auschwitz is. There you go. You want to talk about preparation? What a great time to set up a medical apartheid here in the United States. What a great time. We're prepared. A lot of the people that are in entering the workforce now or coming out of college now were born post-1991. 1991 was the year the Soviet Union fell, right? So, of course, they can be completely in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a generation that didn't live in an, with an iron curtain, daily pointing an MX missile at them. They can now just be easily more conditioned into the Marxism that we took down within the Soviet Union. I know you have something to say about this. First, though, let me tell the audience about sweat block. All right. Um, so I, a lot of these people that have done this to us, they're going to be going to hell. Deservedly so. Now, sweat block, I don't think is going to work there. Okay. Too hot for sweat block there. Okay. And where they're going, when they get there, they're going to need something even stronger than sweat block. But up here, where it feels like it's hotter than hell, or you're just nervous like that, it could be a first date, a public occasion, maybe public speaking. Not that that's ever happened to me. Yes, it has. Um, this is where you want to get sweat block. Uh, their antiperspirant rights wipes are stronger, more effective than even the most clinical antiperspirants out there. You just apply them to your pits before bedtime, get up the next morning, shower, do what you normally do to get ready, and you're good to go for several days, guaranteed. They've also got their own deodorant, too, that is dynamite. I have used that. They've got a deodorant lotion for some of those more sensitive areas that could get a little swampy at times. I've used that as well, and it worked 
fantastically. So if you want to give Sweatblock a shot or you know someone that maybe you would lovingly suggest they do that, all right, get 20% off today when you go to Sweatblock.com with the promo code DACE, Sweatblock.com, promo code D-E-A-C-E, and get 20% off at Sweatblock.com. Well, Steve, for a long time, not just on matters of science, on ethical matters, and the GOP, you've been saying, it's not that I'm necessarily smarter than you, but God has given me eyes to see. I just, I've just followed the truth where it's always led. Always. And here is the same thing. This was inevitable. Remember what the Joker said. Madness is like gravity. All it takes sometimes is a little push. And there's people who think like Steve, but they're on the dark side. And they know exactly the depraved condition of humanity and all the little push that they needed because generation after generation, heck, I'm not even anti-vaccine in the sense I've with Dr. McCullough on this. I get the science of it. I say give it a go if you want to, but the cult has been growing and growing and growing and people treat it like a religion and like it's magic and it's not. And it's why we're here. More with Dr. Peter McCullough here on sort of a State of the Union address in a moment. Built Bar, of course, is one of our absolute favorite products here on the program because it's Absolutely one of the best things that we have discovered here during these last couple of years of, um, well, terribleness. At least we were given Built Bar, the greatest protein bar of all time, to soften the blow. And right now, you can get Built Bar uh, not loaded with sugar, not loaded with carbs. In fact, less than five grams each in every bar. Not loaded with calories, 160 calories or less in every bar. But loaded with protein, Loaded with flavor. Uh, they've got a brand new Apple all, apple Almond Crisp out for fall. Just came out right now if you want to give that a shot. They've got new flavors coming out all the time. Somebody was asking me the other day about the everyday flavors. Uh, if they were to get a variety box, I suggested cookies and cream, co- uh, coconut almond. Uh, make sure you get those. Mint brownie. I think those are the three best. Peter butter brownie as well. It's the absolute best protein bar you've ever had. When chocolate chip cookie dough comes back. Oh, it's buried in here somewhere. I got an email from a gentleman that said, holy cow, dude. That chocolate chip cookie dough built bar, is, is it's better than almost any candy bar I've had in my life. And I just had another one during the break, so I can verify that, all right? Try it now. Built.com is where you want to go. Use my last name, Dace, as your promo code and get 15% off your next order at Built.com. B-U-I-L-T for Built Bar. Built.com and use the promo code Dace. Before we continue on, and reminder, whatever we don't get to during the show today with Peter McCullough, we'll carry it over and finish it up in the overtime at blazetv.com slash Dace. Two of the most important individuals in the history of uh, human health care. One is named Ignis Semmelweis. The other, Alexander Fleming. Ignis Semmelweis wondered why, despite the advancement of scientific methodology and technique, people kept dying over and over and over again while actually utilizing and deploying these techniques. So he had a bright idea one day 
especially because the number one killer of women in the world up until the early 20th century was childbirth. And he thought, you know, has anybody considered that we should wash our hands before we do all these procedures? He started a militant routine by the standards of the time in which he lived there in the 19th century, a militant routine of hand washing. And despite the fact that data showed that it was working and the death numbers were going down, and then when he applied it to obstetrics, the same thing happened with women dying in childbirth. Those numbers dramatically declined as well. He was laughed out of the room as a complete and total quack. Institutes ought to be named after this guy. Instead, they discredited him. The other, Alexander Fleming, had the, the, the notion one day that molds could be used to push back on bacterias. They told him he was a nut. They told him he was a quack. Out of this mold, though, came the first antibiotic, penicillin. Arguably the single greatest medical discovery in the history of humanity. They want to do the same thing that they did to Semmelweis and to Alexander Fleming. They're trying to do it to Dr. Peter McCullough right now. He's in very good company. Let's continue. Time. I ever mentioned anything on national news that the vaccine may not work. Oh, my Lord. It was like a nuclear button had been pushed. Because it's a cult. And it wasn't me. It was Rob Mitchell on Newsmax. And Rob took the vaccine. He just happened to say that he thought maybe the vaccines wouldn't work. And we were commenting on Olympics. They brought Rob Mitchell on his knee. Actually, the, my former journal, The Hill, made Rob Mitchell formally apologize by hinting that the vaccines may not work. Well, now the CDC has data. We finally have some data flowing. This recent publication just a few days ago shows the vaccine efficacy as calculated in community populations, showing that Moderna, which is very different than Pfizer, Moderna's 100 micrograms of messenger RNA, Pfizer's 30 micrograms of messenger RNA. Johnson & Johnson is adenoviral particles. Americans should know there's three separate products. You know, I've been having all these secret phone calls over the last few weeks. One of my head was with somebody very important at the Federal Reserve. And we started talking about vaccines. And I said, listen, you're a data guy. I see you on CNBC. I know you like data. You have three mystery products. I can tell you right now, it's September. We have a winner, we have a loser, and we have somebody in between. They can't be the same. Even you admit as a person who deals with finances, you have three different products, three different mutual funds, three different bonds. They're not the same. They're not the same. This idea of take a shot, no. If you're going to mandate a shot, tell us which one's the best. Tell us, what, tell us how to do it safely. So this idea of any, any um, employer that's going to mandate Pause a vaccine, this. you could better say- Another extremely good point that I've not heard, and it was one of those things when I first watched this video, you were like, Eureka, how did we not think of this prior? It was just hidden in plain sight. The idea, Johnson & Johnson doesn't use Janssen, doesn't use the same methodology. It doesn't. It's not a messenger RNA vaccine. He mentioned the, 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 the threshold of messenger RNA and Moderna compared to Pfizer. 
three times more, more than three times more. It's one of the reasons why Moderna produces the most antibodies. So it's the most effective. It also tends to have the highest threshold of, of adverse side effects in the database at the same time. And yet, your job tells you, get any of them. Just get any of them. And you're good to go. What? Totally different methodologies, totally different formulas, totally different results. Totally different risk reward. And that's okay for them, yes. but not for us. Yes, in in including one you only get once, the other you have to get twice before they even do boosters. Totally different methodologies, totally different recipes, totally different results. But just get any of them. Like they just had these things on the shelf for 50 years and they're just tried and true. One size fits all. What, what ideology? What ideology treats human beings as chattel and comes up with ham, hammer meets nail, ham-fisted, one-size-fits-all, one-size-fits-all solutions with no distinctions whatsoever. Can you think of an ideology that promotes such methodology? Can you think of one? Hammer meets sickle. You're already well acquainted. These things just showed up earlier this year. We don't know what the long-term efficacies are anyway. Even if they were great, we still wouldn't know. If the adverse side effects database was void, emptied, we would still not really know how effective they are because we've only been giving these to billions of people for 10 months. We, don't, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know that even if we didn't need third boosters, we would not wake up on Valentine's Day 2022 and find out, wow, we got to give boosters. Would we know that? No. We wouldn't know anything. But just get any of them. Get any of them. They're magic. It doesn't matter which one. Get any of them. You choose. Whichever. Just get one. Does that sound like science to you, folks? Does that sound like science to you? Continue. Let's see a careful review of safety of each one. We need to put the burden of proof on others, not on us. I have so many people, oh, Dr. McCullough, if you can just prove this to me. No, the burden of proof isn't on my shoulder. I didn't make these vaccines. They're not my, they're not my responsibility. They're somebody else's. Now, these data don't look too bad. 92% calculated uh, from the community for, against hospitalization. Pfizer, 77%. Johnson & Johnson, less. What's the caveat? They don't have data against Delta. The Delta Another key point, pause different. it. All, this is why, see, if you go to a lot of these state dashboards to get the breakdown of vaccinated versus unvaccinated, they will give you the cumulative data. Meaning, well, up until, you know, since we started doing vaccinations, only 1% or less than 1% of cases, hospitalizations, none of that matters. Because since Delta, all of the data has changed. Frankly, it's collapsed. We're so overwhelmed. I was telling somebody who's a top aide for a U.S. senator in a DM this morning. 
we're so overwhelmed with with the virulence of of Delta and the explosion of cases that a year ago at this time the case fatality rate for COVID in America was two percent. Now it's zero point six. That's an incredible decline. But it doesn't matter because the volume of deaths and cases have skyrocketed because of his virulence. And what we have here is a leaky vaccine, I told him, that doesn't, since it doesn't thwart transmission at all, we have a leaky vaccine. Now we're getting mutations faster, maybe worse. So any data they show you prior to August 1, throw it out. Totally irrelevant. Starting August 1, it's been a brand new world where this is concerned. And the CDC itself admitted, Rachel Rochelle Walensky admitted on CNN on August 5th that these vaccines no longer stymie transmission. Well, if they don't, then what the hell would we ever consider ethically mandating something that doesn't stop you from spreading it to something somebody else? What, do you know what the point of that even is then? Forget, forget nefarious motivations. What is the benign explanation for why we would mandate an experimental technology that the people that want to mandate it admit it won't stop you from giving it to somebody else? What, what, what is the ethical explanation for that? I'll answer the question. There is not one. There is not one. That's why they should be resisted and defied by any peaceable means necessary. Shut down supply lines. Shut down the airlines. Shut down Amtrak. Shut everything down. You will not and should not be their human experiment. No. There is no justification at all for mandating something that won't stop you from giving it to somebody else. Let's continue. They did look good against the legacy variants. So these vaccines have failed in Delta. The Delta variant uh, came out of Mashtahara, India, when we got to about, uh, about 25% vaccinated with a Sinovac vaccine, it's the most mutated of all the forms of the virus. Seven mutations in the spike protein and an additional one called Delta Plus. The UK tells us there's 20 more sprinkled across the uh, spike protein and nucleocapsid. And now the CDC is telling us through their publications. I could do this whole talk just from the CDC website, by the way. Barnstable County, Massachusetts, this was mentioned previously, two-thirds in congregate settings who get sick with Delta are fully vaccinated. Americans ought to look at this curve over and over and over again and understand. In fact, it was about this time our CDC director got on there and said, you know what? The vaccines really can't stop transmission. The vaccines can't stop a vaccinated person from getting the infection. The vaccines can't stop a, a vaccinated person from giving the infection to someone else. Okay, this is what emerged this summer. Data from the Mayo Clinic, 25,000 individuals, very good, they actually know the strains. Moderna holding out at 76% protection, but now Pfizer at 42%. Israeli health minister has uh, Pfizer at 39% protection. Remember a vaccine that falls below 50% protection and can't last a year is not a viable product on the commercial market. Pause Pfizer it. has- We'll probably leave it there and continue on in the overtime given the time. Did you hear that? Because of, be, remember when I told you last year that I didn't think they'd ever come up with a vi vaccine because we've never had for a coronavirus ever. And that it's, it's not that they can't come up with something in a lab. Remember how I explained this. They, it, with, with today's technology, they came up with something in a lab 
that could do something in mitigating coronavirus in 10 minutes. In fact, they probably came up with 100 things that could do it. The question is, can we inject that into human beings? What happens if we do? It's not about coming up with something effective against coronavirus. It's about coming up with something effective against coronavirus we can put into masses of human beings. And that is a stickier wicket. And what he is saying is a guy that's done oversight for the FDA and the NIH is that any vaccine risk, once, it, once you've gotten below 50% efficacy, there's no justification for even bringing a product to market, let alone mass injecting it and mandating it. And keep in mind, by the way, Moderna was 0 for 9. 0 for 9. You learn this if you read Fauci and Booster. Moderna was 0 for 9 bringing products to market, including in just the weeks leading up to COVID-19. They were still failing. Of the nine failures, only one of them even showed enough promise to go into human trials. Their previous eight failures didn't even get that far. And now we're injecting Moderna tech into hundreds of millions of people. A company that was previously 0 for 9. And he is saying, hey, our standards were, if you couldn't get 50% efficacy, it's not justifiable to take that risk in a mass population. And yet here we are. Let me tell you, finally today, I mentioned earlier about um, we went through a refi. Um, we had our septic stop up yesterday. And it's a Sunday, and you know it's hard to get a hold of anybody. You know the first person I called to get some help? My real estate agent who last sold me a home 15 years ago because he's proven to be reliable. Sure enough, man, we had somebody at the house first thing, crack of dawn this morning to help us with it. So you're looking for an agent like that, that you just keep doing business with, even if you're not buying or selling a home through them, because, you know, you still have the upkeep of the home, the stuff you're concerned about. Where, and, and, and where would you find this kind of an agent? Go to this website, realestateagentsitrust.com, just about anywhere you want to move to or from. We can help find you an agent you can trust. Chances are they're going to come from this audience. Uh, realestateagentsitrust.com, a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates, tired of real estate agents who talked a good game but then could not deliver the desired results when they were needed the most. Don't let that happen to you and, and get an agent that you can not only trust but has a proven track record of success as well at realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, we're going to stick around and continue and finish this talk from Dr. Peter McCullough in the overtime today. For the rest of you, a challenge. Noon to 2 Eastern tomorrow. We'll issue it to you. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.